カハンニャハラミタシンギョー Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Year of Maizumi Roshi's death. Wonder where you were 28 years ago on this day. I remember sitting in the tricycle office where I was working, and the senior editor, who was a very devoted student of his, I just remember the way I found out about his death was hearing her wailing. In the midst of things. Mazumi Roshi was born in Japan. On February 24th in 1931. And his father, who became his first teacher, Bayan Hakujin Kuroda, was a very kind of well known and really respected Soto priest. And Maizumi was quite unusual out of the brothers because he took his mother's name because it was the, through the Maizumi line that their temple came. He was ordained as a novice when he was 11. How about you? And in high school, began studying under a lay Rinzai instructor, Kurio Osaka, who we honor here too. And while he was studying with Kurio Osaka, at Koma, he attended Komazawa University, which is one of three Soto universities in Japan. And after college, he trained at Sojiji and received Shiho from his father shortly after that. So, that's sort of in some ways for temple families, that's a very kind of traditional route. And also, where mainly it was families with sons at that time. It was usually one of them, but actually, he and his brother both ordained and became priests. 
1956, the next year, he was sent to the United States to serve as a priest at Zenchuji in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles, which is now celebrating its 100th year. Where Choto and I had the experience of being. So that's where Mezumi Roshi began his studies and service. And he also worked part-time at a fortune cookie factory, <laughs> writing fortunes. Because <laughs> he needed to make some money. And as it is still the case, Enjuji Soto Mission consists of mostly a Japanese-American community that is not so interested in Zazen at all, which is very traditional also still to this day, both in the United States at these Soto Missions as well as in most Zen temples in Japan that lay practice is not really a thing. So much so that like when you go to Japan and as a lay person, it's, there are not very many places where you can be practice. In fact, actually at AHG, they have a cord <laughs> where like, people who are ordained are in a certain area, then the other people have to be behind a cord. Because there's just a very different understanding that the priests and monks are serving and actually performing the ceremony for people. And it was at that time that Maizumi began sitting Zazen with Nyogen Senzaki, who was also a wonderful teacher and also worked as a cook in a Chinese restaurant. And just had a small group of people who used to sit with him in his house. And it was just, it was about a few years after that, that Maizumi Roshi started to invite some people to come to the Zenchuji Soto mission to, and created a Zendo, which is very small, <laughs> very small little Zendo in the back. And this is where, of course, he met Tetsugan Glassman, who would end up becoming his first Dharma heir. And it was through that time that they created Zen Center Los Angeles. Which this week is also having a very important moment where they are installing the, the fifth abbot of Los Angeles Zen Center. next Sunday. So Los Angeles Zen Center had became like the place where of 
lots of training and it started as like a couple of houses in Koreatown and eventually became the whole block with this amazing garden interlacing all of the places. Amazing. In 1975, he married his second wife, Ekyo Maizumi, who died two years ago. And the couple had three children, Mimi Maizumi, who's been here, her sister and brother, who is a cook. And I just think it's a very important to remember that how important he is to our Sangha. We would not exist here without him. His first Dharma successor was Tetsugan Glassman, Bernie Glassman. And Bernie's first successor was Maria Matheson. And his first successor is Diane Friedman. And her first successors are Chodo and myself. A straight line, if they're straight lines. I just wanted to briefly talk about one of his teachings that always was very moving to me. He says, life always presents us with pairs. There are always two aspects that complement each other, sun and moon, day and night, mother and father, life and death. But how easily our minds become occupied in a one-sided way. And when we see one aspect and ignore the other, however, we feel incomplete and the circumstances of our lives seem insufficient. Ever feel that? says, so we can talk about our aspects of our Zen practices coming in pairs, like enlightenment and delusion, or relative and absolute points of view, or sudden and gradual. We tend to set one side against the other and compare them. But when we look closely, we can see that each pair is always just two aspects of one thing. Seeing this one thing, we can appreciate each aspect in a truly better way. So really consider anything you divide up. The world is scary, the world is not scary. I'm tired or I'm not tired. Whatever it is that you divide up, consider 
who you like and who you don't like, what political group you connect to and what you don't. It's dangerous. I was sharing with someone today that I was thinking about my uncle Victor, who was in a concentration camp, and he was talking about how often when people became so obsessed with the chimneys and the smoke from the chimneys of all their friends and family that were being burned, that they, their life force itself would dwindle because they became too focused. But when they could see the chimney and also see a little blade of grass growing, they felt more whole. I remember him even talking about one of the guards and just seeing him and he just was watching his face and he was crying and just seeing, feeling the tenderness towards this guard. Maizumi says, when he returned from... To Japan, Dogen Zenji said the five schools of Zen in China, although the five schools are different, they all transmit one Buddha mind. The point is we should genuinely understand and realize what this one Buddha mind is. So think about anyone that you, or anything that you put outside. And in honor of Maizumi Roshi's teaching, how do you bring them inside? In this one teaching, Maizumi says, this reminds me of another statement Dogen Zenji made when he returned from China. Quote, I have returned empty-handed from China without the smallest bit of Buddha Dharma. So remember that he had gone to China and studied so rigorously and we know that even in the night before he left, he was hand copying the entire Blue Cliff record. So he had scrolls and scrolls of things that he had copied, including his own documents of transmission from his teacher. And yet he says, I have returned empty handed without the smallest bit of Buddha Dharma. There's nothing to gain. 
Mazumi says, when you've got nothing in your hands, they are free to be used in the best way. So look at what's in your hand and what you're holding on to. Your way, your belief, how you want it to be. really reminds me when Mimi was here, she was talking about, you know, she came into our Zendo and wept because she said this has a, she said it was one of the few white plum Zendo she was in where that she just feels like the spirit of the practice, the formal practice. She said, sometimes in the white plum, we can get really into picking and choosing and wanting it to be a certain way, innovating before it's time to innovate. I think it's, it goes back to that same teaching about like wanting it to be our way. How do we learn thoroughly, thoroughly, the way that's been handed to us before we quickly adapt it to how we want it to be. To me, it's so amazing to think about Maizumi Roshi, who's been dead for 28 years, not a very long time. Many people say, you know, practice thoroughly for 30 years before you change anything. So to me, the way that we can really honor him is to really practice thoroughly. To really understand what the practice is by just doing without discerning so much. To bring things together in our mind of preference. Someone this morning was actually called me and said, you know, I really want to just check in about, you know, I've been sitting, you know, pretty consistently 30 minutes every day, but do I really have to have my eyes open the whole time? Because I've been kind of closing in the last few minutes and that kind of feels good. And I said, cut it out. And he was like, I was so sure you were going to say, like, well, if that works for you, then it's okay. <laughs> but maybe it was because I was feeling my Zumi Roshi's kind of, apparently, in particular in Dogasan, he was like a tiger, you know, like, just do it. Just keep your eyes open. Just practice. Stop going into what you prefer. So free. Thank you so much.